you know, sometimes you have ideas and sometimes you're ahead and people aren't ready for your idea yet. And then it doesn't mean that if you put your idea out there and it doesn't get traction, that it's a bad idea. It just means that it's not the right time for your idea. So, you know, either you persevere or you say, I'm going to put this in my back pocket and I'm going to pull it back out when it's time and when I think it's time. Consider yourself resilient? And what does that even mean to you? In this podcast, Resilient Entrepreneurs with Two for One, we chat with business owners about what resilience means to them. And we go deep. What we've learned running our own businesses, you're never alone, even when it feels like it. So tune in anytime to this podcast. We're always here for you, celebrating resilient entrepreneurs just like you. We're Lauren Vicky from Two for One, a marketing company for early stage business owners who want to launch, grow, and be resilient. All right, welcome to our guest this evening is Michelle Vieira, who's a long friend of mine. Um, and I'm very excited to have you on the podcast with us today. Michelle is an entrepreneur and has been a serious one, she says, for the last 15 years, although she's going to tell us a story a little bit later about uh, perhaps when she really started out as an entrepreneur. I totally understand that because I was like 10, my first gig too. Um, Michelle is a partner in a retail company called Soltrino. It is a sun protection business that specializes in tents and fabulous sun shirts and swimsuits and hats and all kinds of gorgeous things for the summer and she is also the owner of fluid fitness which is a water aerobics um, training class so michelle welcome and thanks for being here today yes thank you for inviting me i feel like you know one of the things that you kind of asked me in in kind of a preliminary questionnaire was you know what are some achievements of yours and i would say this this tops the achievement list you know to be asked to do an interview as a business person. I just think that's just amazing. So thank you for having me on. It's our pleasure. It's absolutely our pleasure. And you, in our view and in our mind, is very much a resilient entrepreneur. And so it's great to be together. So uh, yes. yeah, we, we usually like to start with a bit of an icebreaker, uh, Michelle. Can you share with us what was your first ever job and how old were you? Okay. so. Um, I would actually say my first ever job that I was paid to do and hired by someone was a, I was babysitting at the local gym while the moms went to the workout class. And I was the 14 year old babysitter sitting, you know, in the room playing with two and three year olds. Um, that would be the first paid job I had. But I've been an entrepreneur since maybe age nine, 10. It started off with finding a very cool rock and decided that I'm going to start painting rocks. And so I would paint pet rocks and sell them. <laughs> um, and then it went from selling rocks to having lemonade stands and a babysitting club. Um, and then I think the the best one was my little brother, um, dressing him up as the Statue of Liberty and making him stand outside of a cul-de-sac panhandling for money. <laughs> that is so, priceless. <laughs> yeah, I've been a business person for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, a lot of our members um, and people listening to this podcast are in the early stages of their business. 
so can you take us back to what it was really like when you, um, you know, really got into business and realized this is what you're doing, this is your career? And what were those first few months like? Well, of course, I never set out to be a business person. Um, you know, the goal after college was always to work for someone else. And so when I decided to start my own business, it was very, you know, I was stepping into uncharted territory. And so there was a lot of, well, I would say ideas, but I'm not one to dwell on planning too much. So if I have an idea, I just pretty much jump in with both feet and then I learn along the way. I would say kind of taking those first steps to promoting myself was very nerve-wracking because I didn't know how people would perception would be of me teaching say water aerobics or you know it's that what does they call it where you feel like you're an imposter so you know is that fear of being looked at like oh well does she know what she's doing so um you know that in the back of your head would make anyone nervous. <laughs> so I would say just kind of starting off, I took one step at a time and I, I tried to perfect one thing as opposed to taking on many things. And I would say that was how I handled starting off in business, you know, taking one idea and then building upon that idea. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I think that's really smart. Um, it's a way to, to way to do it. So, did you start right with the water aerobics? Is that your sort of first full time entrepreneurial start business? Um, yes, it was. So, um, I had no intention of ever teaching water aerobics. One of my girlfriends had a, a class that she taught in the evenings and asked me to teach. And so it was just helping her out. Um, as time went on and I started having children and I needed to find that work-life balance, someone had mentioned to me that the new pool, the, now, the National Sports Center pool, um, they just built it and I'm sure they're looking for activities and programs at the pool. And so I thought, well, why not? Let me, let me see if I can start something. And then that was really what started uh, Fluid Fitness. I think I called it something else at the beginning, but basically, you know, that was my first step into starting a business. And, and it wasn't even, it wasn't that I had this grand plan. What I was working towards, I was thinking, oh, okay, I'm just going to teach some fitness classes and, and see how it goes. Yeah, like a little side hustle. Like it just started out like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, because, you know, my main job was taking care of three babies. So this was a side hustle. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you've done it. Michelle has three boys. They're now 10, 14, and 15. And you spent a lot of years homeschooling them, too. So you have yeah. been juggling that work life balance for a long time. Um, any tips yeah. on how you made that work? Well, you know, this is probably one example of, of, well, I mean, we all do it where you sacrifice some things in order to get other things accomplished. And there were many times where I would shut myself in a room and work. And, you know, I don't think that was always the best way, but at the same time, I was trying to accomplish a goal and, a, and have something of my own at the same time, taking care of three children. Um, so there was a lot of sacrifice. You know, I did a lot of sacrificing and sometimes 
I sacrificed doing things with the kids. Looking back on it now, could I have changed it? Yeah, definitely. So, but there's always a learning, a learning process. Absolutely, there is. And, you know, we can't change what the, was the past. We can only take the lessons from the past and apply them to the future. And we still have lots of time to do that. And one of the questions we do like to ask people, you know, is, you know, if you were to jump in a time capsule um, and go back, I don't know, 15 years, 20 years, what would you have told your younger self, whether it's about business or, or life? Is there anything in there? Yeah, um, I would have told myself don't block off an idea. Take opportunities when they arise. Learn whatever you can because you don't know when that will be useful. So always try to absorb as much as you can, even if you don't think that you'll ever use it. And there may be a time that you, you know, you will use it and there'll probably be times where you, well, you learned it so it doesn't hurt, um, but you're not using that skill. Um, but I always think there were times where I could have taken an opportunity and didn't. And so that's what I would tell my younger self is, you know, just if if the opportunity arises, you know, jump in with both feet and, and learn that skill or, or educate yourself. It sounds like um, there might be a story there, Michelle. Is there something that an example that you can remember that you'd like to share? Well, yeah. So in college, I had a girlfriend who suggested that I taught I should teach water aerobics with her at the YMCA. <laughs> and my initial response, because I was someone who went to the gym and I was a runner and I was like, don't old women do that? Like, I'm not, I'm not going to teach that. That's not a cool workout. And here I am, <laughs> um, here I am teaching water aerobics, but I love it. And I, I love what it does for people. And you know, had I not said no to that opportunity that was presented to me, you know, I could have many more years underneath my belt and more experience. And also just, you know, just that, that knowledge. Huh. I wonder what your girlfriend would say now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think she's still teaching water aerobics too. <laughs> she said, told you so. Told you it was yeah, cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look what you're doing. <laughs> I want to talk about your retail business, Michelle. I mean, that has gone leaps and bounds. Um, right at the beginning of the pandemic, you were ready to, I recall you were ready to kind of say, this is this is it. And I don't even think it was pandemic related, was it? The business itself no. was kind of at a brink of closure. Tell us a bit about that yeah. story. It's fascinating. So Soltrino actually um, was born because of fluid fitness. Um, I was teaching throughout the day so lunchtime in September October September and I was getting burnt to a crisp and I noticed a lot of my participants were also burning and they weren't set up for being out in the middle of the day with the white tile bounce reflecting the sunlight and so um, someone who was coming to my class had melanoma and she said you know I'm really worried about you and I think you should start covering up. So I looked into it. I found a, a company that I wanted to order from. And I thought, well, you know, I should al also invite my group to order and we'll just send it in all at once. Well, of course, everybody jumped on it. Um, and so the idea kind of clicked and like, okay, wait a minute. If everybody's interested in, in having this stuff, maybe there are more people out there who want to cover up and who are concerned about their skin health. 
so Soltrino started along with my business partner, Linda Cook. And um, we decided as moms of young children that we didn't enjoy going into town with our three kids or her two kids. And what was an easy way to shop when you have children? And so our solution was to have an online store. Well, you know, we set it all up. We did all of our purchasing. We got the website beautifully done. I mean, we even did the website. We worked really hard on it. And it was hitting that that button, publish button. We're like, oh my gosh, are we ready for this? And it was, I, you could feel yourself sweating as you're hitting a button on a computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you know what that means. Oh yeah. <laughs> very, very familiar. Yeah. So we went for it and, you know, we were using a lot of advice um, from business advisors. And one thing that stuck out is, and I'm not going to mention names, but this person said, oh, it will never work in Bermuda. People have tried it and you're going to fail within a year. Well, didn't that just drive me to say, oh, I'll show you. So fast forward a couple years down the road, we were really struggling to get people online. You know, we found that so many people wanted to be uh, shopping in a store, feeling the product, making sure it fit before they bought it. And so we were juggling with this, do we go into a store, but then have to raise our prices? Because not only do you have the rent, the electricity, the land tax, the sewage bill, you have an employee, you have to pay HIP, all of these costs add up. And then you understand why prices in Bermuda are much higher. And so we thought, well, you know, are we going to struggle with people shopping online or are we going to struggle with people going, well, that's too expensive. I'm going to go shop away. And so we just hit this point where it was 2019. And I said to Linda, you know, let's just wrap it up. You know, we're not, we're not finding success in this and let's just kind of liquidate. And then what March, April. Yeah. Like, everything shut down and I was sitting there and I thought this would be a really good time to kind of try to revive Soltrino. And so I threw it out to Linda and I said, look, I know we said we were going to shut it down, but everyone is stuck on the Island. Summer is coming up, you know, let's do a pre-order. Let's, let's tell people that, okay, you can go to our vendors websites. You can pick out exactly what you want and the size you want and then we know that we're going to sell those things because they've picked those items out themselves. And so that really just turned us around. And so then we became more excited about, you know, re remarketing ourselves. And, um, and it really, it really kind of sent us in the other direction. And we, you know, we we're so grateful for it because so many people had such a different experience than, than we did. Yeah, you were definitely like so ahead of other people because when everything did shut down and all of a sudden retail stores were closed, most retailers were not ready for online shopping. You know, no. some had barely a social media page, you know, and and big retailers, not even small like mom and pop shops. I'm talking some big retailers were just not ready for it and they were scrambling and here you were with your website ready you know, and, yeah. and all you had to do is just let people know you were open for business. And it's amazing. Yeah. I think that's really um, a really cool story because a lot of stores did close. A lot of businesses did suffer and you were able to thrive through the pandemic. 
and your timing yeah. was just spectacular. I, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, you couldn't have written a better <laughs> timeline. I mean, but one of those lessons I think that we learned was that, you know, sometimes you have ideas and sometimes you're ahead and people aren't ready for your idea yet. And then it doesn't mean that if you put your idea out there and it doesn't get traction, that it's a bad idea. It's, it doesn't mean, it just means that it's not the right time for your idea. So, you know, either you persevere or you say, I'm going to put this in my back pocket and I'm going to pull it back out when it's time, um, when I think it's time. So, That's yeah, sad. no, that was, that was a lesson for us was definitely, you know, it, if you have an idea, you know, it just go for it. And then if people aren't ready for your idea, then either you know, keep chugging along or, or put it in your back pocket. <laughs> yeah, Michelle, pull it back from the timing of the um, pandemic. It sounds like it's really a marketing success story as well, because you really pushed your marketing at that point. And that's, from the sound of it, what pivoted your business into success, yes? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, I think because we became excited about our business again, it was easy to promote it. You know, back in the very beginning of Soltrino, we promoted, we promoted, we spent a lot of time doing pop-ups and going to, um, you know, where someone else hosts vendors. We were doing a lot of that and um, it was tiring. And, you know, when you don't get the reaction that you want, then you kind of think, oh, it's not working. So, yeah, that really motivated us to keep it up. And tell us where you're at now. You're doing pop-ups, you're you know, going great guns, you're bringing in different products. Yeah. So we had a month-long pop-up in the Washington Mall, which was so much fun. And it surprised me, actually, how many people follow us on social media. Again, you know, not everybody shops online. So I got to meet so many people that said, oh, I follow you. I've been a follower since you started. And I'm so happy that you're, you're doing an, you know, an in-store, you're doing brick and mortar. And so, um, so you have two camps. You have people who like to try on and, and, and feel the fabric and, and see what they're buying before they buy it. And then you have people who are like, just bring it to me. I'll, I'll <laughs> order online. I'll make this super easy. So yeah, there's two camps <laughs> and, and you have to kind of appease both when you're in business. It's not just your idea of who it should be. I mean, you have to kind of make sure that you're covering all bases. Yeah. And I think it's easier for people to order online in the future once they have seen it in person, know their size fits right, felt the material, yeah. you know, so it definitely works well together. You well, know? and that's what happened after, after we closed the pop-up, um, I got a lot more orders from people who had stopped in the store. And so I think once they knew what our, the quality of product we were bringing in, they were like, okay, wait, now I now I know what they have and, and that it's good quality. So I was just wanting to tap into whether there's any big plans for the future uh, and different, a slightly new strategy. Can you open? The yeah. For us? So I think I've convinced Linda that this 
needs to be a permanent thing. So I believe probably next spring we'll start, well, hopefully we'll find a place that we can rent and we will hopefully have a brick and mortar store. So we're bringing in new brands. You know, as Laura mentioned, we are kind of expanding what we're bringing in. So now we have these awesome UPF tents that are so easy to put up. I mean, I went to the beach with my son the other week and watched these two ladies just struggle with this tent. And we had already put up our Nesso tent. So, you know, we were just watching them kind of, you know, sitting back. And <laughs> and so when it was time for us to leave and they had finally sat down, I just took the poles out and I folded it up. And I'm like, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so like, mean <laughs> you're sitting off sipping your cocktails and they're taking an hour to put up their tent it sounds like a really funny and a little bit um cruel tv ad <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's me what fun what fun well that's really exciting you heard it first here guys that uh, there could well be a bricks and mortar uh, version of Soltrina. very exciting yeah. Wow, so that's yeah. great growth. What would you say about, you know, the secret to growing your business? Because it seems like it's a bit of a bumble in some ways. You kind of do things, you try it out, it comes back, you you expand. Yeah. I think that's what entrepreneurship really is. Um, do you have mm -hmm. any words around that? Yeah, I think what you have to do is you have to keep trying different ideas. You know, I think, um, so I, my father is an airline pilot. And so... You know, I kind of look at business like an airport. So we know the word standby. I mean, standby has been part of my vo vocabulary since I was little. And if your goal is to get from point A to point B as a passenger, then what happens when you don't get on the flight? Well, then you have to have plan B. And if plan B doesn't work, well, then, okay, so let's do connecting flights or let's you go. So we were old enough at one point to say, you go through Detroit, I'm going to go through Atlanta and we'll meet in New York. <laughs> so, you know, that was the way I was brought up is you always have to have flexibility in your planning. And I think with running a business, you have to have that, that same flexibility. You have to know when something's working, when you need to tweak something. Um, if something doesn't go as planned, okay, what's your back pocket plan? You know, maybe it's time to pull out that idea you had that didn't work two years ago, but now's the time that you can use that plan. I think that's a huge, that's a big part of, of running a successful business is that you're willing to try different plans. When something doesn't work, then you move on to something else. Yeah, that agility. Agility is really key, isn't it? Being able to yeah. pivot when things happen like pandemics or whatever yeah. could potentially be next, right? So it is really important to have that um, in your back pocket. And what, yeah. what for you is like the best part about being an entrepreneur? Like what, what lights you up about being an entrepreneur? I love the creativity. I love... I love just shooting out ideas and, you know, especially when I'm on my walk or my run and, and the ideas are just flowing and you're like, okay, I've got to try that. I just, I love being in charge of my own thing. And I love when I don't have to kind of, you know, get approval for an idea. Okay, I'm going to try this. It's going to, you know, it may work. It may not work. Um, I love that. Also, I think with 
my water aerobics business, what I really love, and what one thing that I missed when I was working for someone is is that connection to people or or making a difference in a community. Uh, for me, that's a huge thing. Um, if, if I if I don't make a difference. Or if I don't feel like I'm making a difference to someone or if I'm not helping someone out, to me, I mean, what's the point? I feel like if you have a platform, then you need to use it and you need to do good things with it. Oh, wow. I love that. Impact. You know, you're an impact-driven entrepreneur and that to me is just so beautiful. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Um, One question we always love to ask um, is, you know, what does resilience mean to you? Because resilience can mean a lot of different things to different people. But this podcast is really about entrepreneurs that, you know, have become resilient. And just by being in business for 15 years, it definitely proves how resilient you have had to have been to survive Mm -hmm. that long because a lot of people don't survive that long in entrepreneurship. But Vicky and I are on a mission to make sure every entrepreneur does not quit. And um, so what what does it mean to you to be resilient? Well, I think it's just that you have to get up when you get knocked down. You have to have that plan A, plan B, plan C, and you have to ask yourself. And this is one thing that I did when I homeschooled my children. I, I said to one of my homeschooling friends, how, how are you not like throwing your kids back in school? Because, you know, you have those ups and downs through everything, including business. But, uh, you know, what I can relate from homeschooling my kids, she said to me, you have to ask yourself, why did you do it in the first place? And when I ask myself, when I start anything now, I say, if I'm feeling like, oh, the world's just getting too heavy on my shoulders, or, you know, I feel like, okay, I've got to quit, you know, this, um, I'm not a quitter, by the way. But when I feel that way, I have to ask myself, what got you, what made you make this decision in the first place? Why did you start this? And then if you can go back to that initial reason, why did you start this? Then it seems to kind of validate everything for you. I think, because I'm not a quitter, I'm my parents sometimes say that, I'm too loyal sometimes. (laughs) And it's because I don't like to see something I've worked at just fall to pieces. To me, that's sad (laughs) when you work so hard at something and then you just let it go. You know, all those hours that you put into something that meant something to you at one time and then to kind of give it up. That's that would keep, you know, that keeps me going even when I am down in the dumps and I'm thinking, oh, it's not worth it anymore. I have to say. Now, pick yourself back up. You're doing this because A, B, and C. Yeah. 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 Tap into your why, right? And it helps, it helps to be very persistent as well. And that sounds like that's definitely one of your, your strong qualities is persistence. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's yeah. Really I good. don't know if my husband would say that. <laughs> the same. <laughs> Well, thanks, Michelle. This has been so insightful. And I really think that our listeners will get a lot of juicy nuggets of motivation um, and inspiration. You know, it's it's wonderful to hear your journey, your story, your insights. How do you, you know, keep going? How do you grow? And uh, that's what this, this podcast is all about. So thank you for uh, your time and for honoring us with your energy. 
Well, thank you. I, 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 this was so much fun, and, and I thank you for having me on. Thank you, Michelle. And I'm definitely going to always remember the standby sort of analogy that you gave. Like, just always be on standby and be able to to shift and move on a different flight, a different plane, a different path, whatever you need to do. Yeah, to, I mean, because your, your result in the end is the same thing. You just got there differently. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. So thanks for joining us on Resilient Entrepreneurs. We are Laura and Vicky from Two for One. We love supporting entrepreneurs, especially with mindset, marketing, and motivation, which is why we've built an incredible community of business founders who meet weekly in the Level Up League. If you'd like to know more about it, look us up at 241branding.com.